Today in the Multiply Podcast, we're talking with Jeffrey Porton about discipleship post-COVID. Check it out. Hey everybody, welcome back or welcome to the Multiply Podcast. My name is Jared. My name is David. We're back with another beautiful episode. Yeah, we are. Coming up on the 4th of July in about a week. Mm, what are um, you having? Well, I mean, isn't it kind of preordained? Hot dogs? No. And burgers? You gotta do better than that. What do you mean better than that? What's better than a hot dog? Let me throw this out at you. Keith Adamson rebukes you in the name smoked, of hot dogs. How about a little smoked brisket? Maybe some, maybe some pork butt. I don't know. Are you offering? Are you inviting? Um, I haven't decided exactly what I'm doing, but I know it's going to involve one of those things. Well, I would be glad to trade you a couple hot dogs for a whole, a whole, a, <laughs> a whole brisket, a whole pan, yeah, a whole brisket. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty bad yeah. deal. Well, whatever our listeners are doing for the Fourth of July, hope you're with family and friends. Hope you are celebrating our country and uh, and keeping all your fingers intact. Yeah, and and little teaser <laughs> at the end of this podcast, we're going to actually ask our special guest today what his favorite Fourth of July food is. Nice. So if you want some inspiration, stick around till the end of the podcast. We are super glad to have Jeffrey Portman back with us. He was with us on the previous episode. If you didn't listen to the last one where we talked about apprenticeship as a leadership development model, you definitely need to go back. Your first step as my apprentice is to go listen to that podcast, and then we'll take <laughs> it from there. No promises though. Um, <laughs> Uh, but today, uh, he's back with us to talk about something slightly different. Jeffrey, thanks uh, for being here again. Welcome to the Multiply Podcast. Yeah. My pleasure to jump back on with you, fellas. Today, we're talking about local church discipleship post-COVID. And, um, you know, that's sort of like a prayerful comment, post-COVID, uh, mm, believing sure. that uh, we've come in many ways beyond this and not making light of what many went through. But here we are and. Uh, at the time of this recording, the restrictions keep getting less and less, at least in New York, and we feel like we're moving more towards what would f we would consider normal. Um, and in many ways, I think there's a lot of people in the church world who are excited to move back to normal, but I guess there's some bigger questions about that that we're going to try and tackle uh, today. Uh, Jeffrey is the director of Church Multiplication Network. It's an arm of the Assemblies of God that helps plant healthy churches all over our country. They've they've helped plant over 4,000 in the last 13 years, and uh, we're glad that he's here to speak to us about this. And I think, Jeffrey, you have a pretty unique perspective because you work with churches all over the state or all over the country, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually a real privilege to have that, that front row seat to what God's doing across our nation. It's, it's humbling sometimes and, uh, awe inspiring. And then some days I just want to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, man. I'm, I'm sure. And thanks for what you and the team do there. Um, I know your vision is to see healthy churches in every community, including uh, yours. And, um, we're yes. just, we're thankful. We believe in that. And we're part of a network where actually our vision statement at our network is very similar to see healthy churches, uh, in mm. every community in New York. So I don't know if we ripped that wow. from you guys or what. We might have just ripped it from you. Uh, could have could have been the other way around. I don't know, but it's sure <laughs> clear. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're working in the same direction. You know, we think back to these last you know 12 to 18 months, and there's so much that could be said about uh, COVID and what it revealed about our nation, what it revealed about us as individuals. But for the purpose yeah. of our conversation today, uh, we want to talk about what it revealed about the state of discipleship in our local church and. Um, I think there's always been a sense that there's work to do and that there's challenges that we face in the American church. But COVID seemed to uniquely spotlight 
um, some of the things. And I just wanted to kind of tee you up with that and, and ask you to speak from your perspective. What do you believe COVID revealed about some of the discipleship issues that we're facing in our local churches? Yeah, well, I think uh, so. We I was leading New Hope Church. Uh, we had five campuses around the Puget Sound um, during that time. And I think one of the things that revealed to us was um, we we may have well, I not may have. I overestimated attendance with followership of Jesus. Mm. And Rodney Wardwell, one of my buddies, just said this the other day. He, he was quoting someone. I don't know who he was quoting, so I'm quoting him. He said a lot of people find Jesus, but not many people follow Jesus. And I think that that uh, COVID revealed that the foundation of someone's life was either strong or it wasn't. That, that as a disciple of Jesus, they were um, either really fortified or or and I don't mean like either or, but it was it was revealing. It served in, as like a magnifying glass of um the spiritual formation practices. And, and, you know, the Bible says don't forsake meeting together. So gathering as a church isn't bad. It's not bad pre-COVID, mid-COVID or after COVID, but it's not, it's not the exclusive marker for being a follower of Jesus or mm-hmm. being a disciple. And so I think um, that was an observation, not just for us, but I've heard that across the nation. Um, and then one other telling thing, and this speaks to really, um, some of the heart of, of uh, pastors and what God wants to do is that some of, and I'll, I'll just say it in my way, some of my identity had got connected to how many people showed up every week. Oh man. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a, that was a tough pill to swallow as a follower of Jesus to go, why do I not feel as good about myself now than I did before? And, and, you know, the root of it was, having my identity in something other than Christ. So it was a great, it was a great chance to recalibrate. Um, and I think many, many churches have done that and are in that process. So I want to, I want to make sure we come back to that because I think, um, I have a lot of thoughts and questions about that specific, but to go to your first point, which was the idea that, um, maybe an over-dependence on the Sunday morning gathering as a metric mm-hmm. for spiritual maturity, you know, Jared and I were recently uh, at a speaking at a conference with a, a bunch of youth pastors in the Northeast, and we were talking about discipleship. And in the midst of sharing, this thought occurred to me. Maybe I've had it before, but it just became very evident to me in our conversation that we tend to like talk about churches that make disciples or people that make disciples versus churches and people that don't. But I don't even know if that's true because I ultimately think everybody is discipling people. It's what are you discipling them towards, right? So it's not a question of are you making disciples or are you not making disciples. The question is are you making disciples of Jesus uh, in the Jesus Mm. way, right? So I think one of the things that that I saw in COVID, both in the church that I lead and in conversations with pastors who lead other churches, is that we might have created people who are uh, followers of— the schedule of a church or uh, disciples yeah. that really are more consumers of spiritual goods and the depth of their discipleship, or or if you want to say the height of their discipleship or the expression of their discipleship, was that they gather weekly. And like you said, I, I think gathering weekly is formative. I think it's part of discipleship. But in the end, if we're just creating a service that people come and consume and then it makes no impact on the rest of their lives, that became really evident during COVID because we couldn't offer 
anymore that sort of like quick fix, Sunday morning gathering, come get your spiritual fix, right. and then go on with the rest of your life. Now we were sort of left with this, I hope they're tuning in and watching, but without any real sustainable strategy mm. for discipleship that extended beyond Sunday morning. Right. So, <laughs> sadly true. One of the one of the things... Go ahead. No, you go. Well, I just going to say, one of, one of the things that was revealed was the other side of that is there were people along the way that got into the word of God who were in a, a, a community of believers where even if they couldn't meet together, they still connected in however, whatever platform and, and continued to grow. And so that part became one of the ahas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, I think uh, it was some of Paul's writing um, and when he said, you know, what we want you to do is, is to get to where you are learning to feed yourself mm-hmm. and you're not spiritual infants. And so that's the goal, right? To help people progress in their faith, to, to be men and women of the word in the word. But then they're also that whole sharing their faith with other people. It doesn't have to be, I stand up on a street corner. Um, I don't necessarily know that's always as effective as the person wants it to be, but there's at some point I'm on this journey of, bringing Jesus with me. So I don't just go to church. I am the church. Yeah, I love that. And and I just think uh, in terms of um, challenging people to multiple disciple-making environments, right? So, so when we talk about this, like Daniel McNaughton has right. has written on discipleship, and, and he talks about discipleship happening in four key environments of one-on-one with God, one-on-one with each other, small groups or circles, however you want to describe it, um, sitting in mm-hmm. rows. We, we often talk about how it happens face-to-face and shoulder-to-shoulder. But, you know, if it happens in these different environments, we may have learned in this COVID season that we built a discipleship pathway that's just dependent upon one of four or six environments mm. that Jesus used to to shape people. And, and one of the silver linings of COVID for me, and, if, and just saying this to our listeners who are pastors, specifically lead pastors, is it exposed that there were some things I wasn't doing because I was too busy running services. Um, and then when I right. didn't need to do that anymore, and what I really need to do was relationally hustle and connect with people, it all of a sudden yes. like just revealed all these things I should have been doing all along. And so I started, mm. a dis- I started a discipleship group with some young men in our church where we began to just walk through the Gospel of Mark together. And we did that for almost nine months. And it ended up being the most life-giving thing I did every week. And so even as we reopened, I've continued. We're in Romans now, and and it's my conviction that I'll, no matter what size church I lead, no matter what I'm doing, I'm always going to keep doing this because I think it makes. First off, it's what Jesus has called me to do, but also it yeah. makes me a better pastor. And not to not to get to this topic, but I've I've realized it actually makes me a better preacher um, because mm. now I'm answering yeah. que- now I'm answering questions that people in the room are asking as opposed to things that I think yeah. is interesting so as a good. preacher, right? And so, so um, I think, you know, that that's kind of some of the things that I've learned. But when, when you when you look mm. forward now, as we're, we're kind of moving out of this as a country, what yeah. do you, from your perspective, what are some of the unique opportunities before the church right now? Well, so I think you, you just said one of the things that's the key, and that's to continue to engage in the p- practices that are discipleship or disciple making practices that are outside of the gathering. So now we add the gathering element, the service uh, element, and it actually becomes this celebration, this teaching environment. So 
I, I think the moving forward is is actually looking back a bit too, right? It's it's the whole back to the basics. And when we have a clear strategy for both, I think there's some some fruit that we'll see that'll be greater than what we've seen before. And so it's not we throw out big gatherings or whatever that defines, whatever big is defined as. Like when, when we talk about uh, discipleship, when we were pastoring, we said that there's there's two, the two pedals that move the mission of New Hope forward are gatherings and groups. Hmm. And so they met together in the temple courts. Thousands of people could be there. I've stood there before, but they also met from house to house. And so there was something that was this big and little element, and that, that can be various sizes even, but it's unique environments because I, I think one of the secret sauces to a smaller group is you can ask a question. You can say, well, you know, I've been thinking about, I've been praying about, I'm processing, whereas in a, a larger gathering, you don't have that freedom. So I think the engagement and the collaborative nature of a group, that's some of the best learning environment. Um, that that's the fruit of a smaller a smaller group. Jeffrey, in your last uh, episode, if you if you guys didn't listen to it, I would encourage you to go back. You talk about the idea of apprenticeship, and um, one of the things you talked about is life on life. It's access, and of course, David just yes. mentioned his example of um, him recently uh, doing this, and COVID kind of being a, a blessing in disguise in that small way. Um, what would you say to pastors? One of the things I'm hearing now is that they've got it kind of um, they've got some people that are coming back, but then a lot of them have people that are are not coming back at all. They don't know where they are, and then there's this other group that are kind of still engaged digitally, but but not back in person. What what uh, recommendation would you give to them? What kind of maybe a strategy or approach would you maybe give yeah. to a lead pastor who's going? How do I start to reengage life mm-hmm. on life um, with yeah this kind of diverse group of people now. Yeah. So I think we have to take two approaches. And so it's a both and we have to minister to whoever shows up. And one of the things my wife mentored me on and coached me on early in ministry was sometimes I would preach to people who weren't there. Hmm. And I was usually frustrated because I was like, man, if you know, and she's like, you know what? You could love the people who are here or be bothered by the people who weren't here. And one of them is going to draw more people and, and, and expose them to Christ. And one of them is going to push people away. So I think we've got to be careful to not, and all of us deal with this, but, but not spend too much time thinking who's not here, but let's care and love the people who are. That's great. And then let's have a clear strategy for engaging, reaching out to, but people have to choose and they have to choose to lean in. They have to choose to, to whether it's come back or re-engage in some way. But I think online is a beautiful um, expression. It, to me, I would consider a front door. And I'm not minimizing an online campus, but I'm talking about people who were connected at some point who aren't back. That's a great front door to re-engage them. Yeah, for us, you know, we think of our online services as an opportunity for our community to get a glimpse at who we are. Um, and, and even just for people who can't be there for a variety of reasons to still feel connected. We, we, you know, I don't think we're going to get into it on this episode. It's not really our main topic. We, we, we've chosen to put our services online on a sort of delayed schedule. So we're, we're not streaming and some of that's philosophical and even theological about what we want to communicate about the sacredness of space and the formative nature of gathering. 
Um, but at the same time, we know there's really valid reasons, especially these past 18 months, why people have not have not gathered together. Um, I, I wanted to circle back to something you said earlier that I said I wanted to make sure we talked about, and it was the challenge of yeah. pastors who have, uh, and, and I don't say this in a sort of like, this is other people's problem. Like, I identify with this. <laughs> I get this as a pastor. Okay. How COVID has exposed that the identity of many pastors is less wrapped up in who they are in Christ and more who they are as a pastor. Um, and you mentioned specifically the idea of running services and being able to preach to people. But, you know, in talking with pastors, I realized that some of the things that, that we find our identity in can be even just the response of the room. And all of a sudden that was taken mm. from us. We're all preaching at cameras. Yeah. And, and for some people, preaching be, became somewhat joyless and 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 difficult. And uh. what it actually exposed was that, that they almost had an over-desire for that instant feedback. Um, mm. and revealed something dangerous in their own heart. Um, other pastors found their identity in being a rescuer, and now they couldn't run into people's homes anymore. Um, they had to be right. socially distanced. They, they, they lost that opportunity. So there were so many things that were so quickly taken from us that are very often become these counterfeit identities, these really heart idols. And I think, uh, you know, what you said was so perceptive and insightful and, 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 spe- and really helpful for our leaders is that, as we rush back or as we return, you know, let's be careful not just to run back to what used to be. Let's do the hard yes. work and ask the Holy Spirit to help us say, Holy Spirit, what did you show me about myself and the way in which I approach ministry in this in this season? So good. I think it's important that pastors um, give themselves grace um, and that's something that, I, I mean, if, if I can't receive God's grace, yeah, it's hard for me to give it to other people, right? So I don't have to expect to be Superman. And so I think in the same way it's revealing things in the lives of some of our people um, that God wants to work on. What, what about just saying – and we talk about appropriate um, authenticity. I think most of our culture uh, has uh, inappropriate vulnerability, but appropriate vulnerability mm. and authenticity is saying, I don't, I, I wrestle with stuff too. So I, I think there's value in just saying, okay, the only perfect person is Jesus. So what, what adjustment can I make? What, like you're talking about, what uh, twist or flexure can I bring to this next chapter that God's writing in me? and our ministry and you don't throw out everything because everything's bad but you're okay saying not everything was what i thought it was before and that's okay yeah yeah and in some ways the the blank slate um of having to shut everything down i've talked to so many pastors who said this is a gift because we're not sure. just going to restart everything we're going to actually ask some more strategic questions about so good. is this the best thing like is this really what we should be using our energy doing so i think that's one of the things that yes. COVID has given us yeah, you could do a lot of things that you couldn't do before, get away with. Like David David moved the piano and then just told people, hey, this is CDC recommendation. <laughs> we, 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 had, we had no choice. We had to do this. And yeah. if there was ever a time to make changes, this is the time. Anytime someone complains, we just we just shrug our shoulders and say, CDC, CDC. can't live with them, can't live without them. What are you going to do? Surprisingly, nobody checks it. up on it. I it's amazing. It. 
Hey, uh, Jeffrey, so this has been this has been great. We really appreciate you and the conversation. And before you go, uh, we did promise this at the beginning of the podcast. I know a lot of people, they probably fast-forwarded right to this part. Um, <laughs> we want to know, we, we do a little portion called David's Eats, Better, better Eaters and Better Leaders. What is your okay. favorite 4th of July? Maybe it's a dish, maybe it's a meal, but what's, when you think of 4th of July, what's your go-to food? Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to circle back to the very beginning of your podcast and I'm not afraid of a of a dog, of a hot dog, of a brat. Mm. And I think you got some potato chips, some potato salad, maybe some some baked beans and mm. you 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 got that, the lights are starting to go out and it, it's firework time. I'm all for that. Oh man, that sounds good. That sounds I mean, I was hoping Doesn't for something I was hoping for something a little better from the two of you, but um, you know, I can't lie. I, I like a good hot dog too. I can't Jared, lie. Sometimes simple is the best. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's your right. first, that's, that's your first right. apprentice lesson for me. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thanks so much for being with us, man. We appreciate your leadership and insight and um, and and blessing over all that you guys are doing at CMN. Uh, if people want to find you, they can oh, find you on you. Instagram and uh, also. Uh, what's can you say the website again sure. if people are looking for some resources? Um, yeah. Go ahead, Jeffrey churchmultiplication.net and then some leadership resources are at cmn cmnlead.com and you can get to there from our churchmultiplication.net site as well but maybe one other person that's out there might say hey i'm thinking about planting a church we can actually connect with you if you go to i want to plant a church.com it'll just set in motion some communication from us and but hey guys thanks for what you do appreciate both you guys so much and um Grateful for your voices in my life, Jared and David. Thanks, Jeffrey. And the CMN Lead website with the resources, actually, we've done a podcast on Better Talks, which is a little booklet I wrote about preaching, and it's on that website. You can actually watch videos that I yeah. filmed that you can. So just to kind of connect our what we're doing here and what you guys are doing, and CMN so graciously offered to host that resource. And so uh, that's there for you guys actually, if you're interested. This, this is awkward. Jeffrey took it down. This oh, is, you love it. You didn't tell him, Jeffrey? <laughs> I couldn't hear you. What's that? Oh, I, I was just telling David, you guys actually took that resource down. He did, he wasn't aware of that. So. <laughs> a little quality well, control. Jeffrey's hot, been... It was such a... Yeah, it was... Our, our website kept crashing because so many people were watching it. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Jeffrey. Appreciate you guys checking right. out the Multiply Podcast. We will see you on the next episode.